This um, story's kind of fallen out of the headlines mainly because, well, it was a, a trial brought to a stop. We're talking about the Josh Boyle trial, which is back in the headlines now, um, because the latest development is that the judge will, in fact, allow the sexual history of the alleged victim, Caitlin Coleman, to be challenged and or questioned. Boyle, of course, as you know, is accused of sexual violence. And earlier this year, um, controversial changes to the rape shield laws came into effect, essentially allowing the alleged victim to have a lawyer challenge or limit what the defense can bring out. It basically gives the victim a voice in the proceeding. So it's a very problematic area of the law. And those in circle in legal circles certainly will uh, argue that it can totally not only derail a hearing, but it gives the victims in a case too much power. It can take the presumption of innocence away from the accused. So Caitlin Coleman filed an application earlier this year to block questions by uh, the defense about her past behavior, which is said to have included issues of bondage and whatever else. And that has now been overruled. So I suspect that this trial will once again get back up and running. But certainly when you hear um, you know, a headline like this, it got a lot of people certainly uh, reacting to it. Kristen Araworth is one of those voices. She's a sexual, sexual violence survivor, now an advocate. She joins me now. Hi there. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm good. I mean, this is a very complicated case and it's a very complicated issue, but it certainly, I think, caught a lot of people's attention. And certainly, you know, a lot of times people say, well, why would we force a woman to tell her sexual history? Um, and so you take great concern with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the argument that Joshua Boyle's lawyers are making is that she's unconsciously recalling uh, acts that she she consented to. So basically what they're trying to argue is that she actually did consent to these because this has been a part of their sexual history together in the past and that she's remembering it wrong, which is a fairly consistent rape myth and consistent uh, experience that survivors have within the legal system to be challenged on their their beliefs. And again, this is the need to have trauma-informed prosecutors and judges to understand that the way that survivors of sexual violence often remember the incident, especially immediately after, because of the trauma of being violated like that, it, it, it can be very difficult for them to verbalize that immediately. So they're kind of pouncing on that and using that as their argument as to why this should be allowed into the court, into the, into the court proceedings. And to play devil's advocate, because the legal community will say, OK, but but then the accused does not ever have the, the presumption of innocence if we don't allow them to bring out this history or this information, or if we allow, uh, let's say, Ms. Coleman to bring in her own voice to this. It, it interrupts the, the right to a fair trial. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and I, I've heard that definitely today on Twitter uh, from some people. And, you know, absolutely, it's not about trying to uh, assume Mr. Boyle's guilt. What it is about is it's protecting survivors of sexual violence and protecting them from having to basically go through what is another rape myth and that you're asking for it or you deserve it or because of something you've previously done that for some reason he believes there's ongoing consent. If you consented to a sexual act once with your spouse or with anyone else, that you are suddenly all of a sudden consenting for all time. And that's not accurate, obviously. And so that is part of the reason why sexual history, why the rape shield law was created, was to protect people from that myth. Right. So do you think then bringing in this third party, you know, this uh, the, giving the victim the right to call a lawyer and kind of bring forward uh, another voice, do you think this is the best way to go about this? Because to me, the whole area needs a, a bit of an overhaul. Um, you know, the bottom line is if his 
or the accused's um, sexual history will be relevant, then so should theirs be as well. Because otherwise, then you're, you're assuming that he or the person who's accused is already guilty. Um, so again, it, it's almost like they botched these laws. I'm not sure why they changed these laws, because I'm not sure they made them better. That's yeah, the problem. I'm not sure they made them better for anybody. Well, and it's, it's a Band-Aid solution to a yeah. systemic problem. Right. Because ultimately the reason to make this change was because when survivors enter into the legal system, it's extremely adversarial. It's extremely confusing and difficult for a lot of people to navigate without support. So I think the idea and concept of this was, okay, well, let's provide a survivor with this avenue and this support and made legal counsel to be able to be involved in the proceeding. Right. However, we're still operating in a system where judges and lawyers are not trained on these issues. They aren't trained in sexual violence awareness. So regardless of this one little piece, you're still operating within a systemic system that there's been no substantial change to. Right. And if ever there was a government that could have and should have changed that, it would be this government. And three and a half you know, years in, we still don't even have uh, Rona Ambrose um, bill passed through the Senate. It's just dragging the way along. And this would speak to what you're saying, which is making sure that the courts being judges certainly are trained in the area of understanding how to deal with these cases. Exactly. And unfortunately, I mean, the Senate stopped sitting, I believe it's June 21st. So if 337 is not passed by then, it dies. And unfortunately, that's what it's looking like is going to happen. And so, again, these Band-Aid solutions don't solve anything, as you see today, because the other thing that the legal system has to operate under is the Jordan decision. Yep. And that's where this came from, yep. was the concept and idea that, which is fair, that you can't keep delaying and delaying right. and delaying and delaying. So how do we balance those two things? And right. I think this overall training, the systemic change, which this bill would have provided would be one of the big ways to actually accomplish that. Right. I mean, the Jordan ruling has really kind of thrown a monkey wrench into a whole bunch of issues because, like you say, you've got the delay and then you've got this issue, um, which causes yet further delays. And look, this is the first time that this has, I think, been used in one of the cases, and it just happens to be one of the highest profile cases. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here because the decision's made. She's going to now be called to the stand and she will have to testify. Yeah, and, and again, one of the things I spoke about yesterday when I was talking about this is survivors see that, and they're going to have to see that. And women who are being sexually abused within their relationships or their marriages, or anyone, sorry, anyone who's being abused within their marriage or their relationship are going to see that, and they're going to think twice about pressing charges or going forward to the police or disclosing about what's happening to them because they will be afraid that what they've done previously within those relationships will be used against them. And that's the biggest thing about this case is what it provides out to people and the perception that it gives people of the legal system, which again is that survivors will will not receive any kind of justice in this kind of a situation. <sighs> what a mucky, mucky mess. But sir, and, and, and complex as well. But uh, I appreciate you joining me to uh, break it down, Kristen. Thanks. Uh, thank you very much. We'll talk again. That is Kristen Raworth here up on Point on Global News Radio.